Hey everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast brought to you this week by MyFFPC.com. As always, I'm your host, Eric Bertzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. Joined by my co-host, Nathan. What's up, Nathan? What's up? What's up, Eric? Uh, you know, I, I kind of missed the, the battle between me and Dan to talk first where he would always just talk first. But I think I, we're going we're gonna to have Dan back next week, so I'll, I'll be interrupted in my quest to, to talk second next week. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. Okay, I mean, I can introduce the guest first if you're really like feeling feeling a little bit too comfortable, like <laughs> having the ability to talk when you want to. Well, I mean, go ahead, introduce him. <laughs> all right, and, all right. Well, I, a man who really needs no introduction, and that is Mr. Brian. Mc- oh my God, I tried to destroy Brian Malone. Well, how did I do that? Uh, on Twitter at Brian Malone FF uh, does DLF and uh, and Dynasty Command Center. What is up, Mr. Malone? Not much, just trying to remember who got drafted where and uh, whether that matters or not for dynasty purposes. <laughs> I am going to be struggling with that all day, so it's cool. I, and I watched every every minute of that draft coverage, too. So, oh, no, that's terrible. Just a, <laughs> uh, in, in the background, over many beers. Um, so, obviously, the NFL draft has happened. Uh, what, is, what, what are you guys... Favorite draft moments before we get too far into the show? Anything anything fun jump off the page? Um, I mean, it's fun that the Bucks got draft picks so that someone could take Josh Allen, so that was fun. Yeah, I liked seeing Baker go one overall. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't too caught up in the whole Darnold-Baker thing, but as long as it wasn't Josh Allen one overall, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, the... the the whole uh, I was at a bar and the whole bar clapped when Baker went number one. It was like the weirdest thing. I think the bar was like making fun of Cleveland through clapping, but it was it, or like I don't know. I don't get the impression they were like super pumped about it. So it was like a really strange. I'm like looking around. I'm like, why are they clapping? Um, my 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 favorite part of the Mayfield thing. I, I work with primarily females, uh, but there's a couple males, and both of them were like, "Dude, Manzel Mayfield, same thing all over again." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Dude, shut up." Do you work at Twitter? <laughs> is that what's happening here? Is your is your work Dynasty Twitter? <laughs> yes, the males uh, the males of my work are Dynasty Twitter. Sure, I see. Okay, well, I mean, my my favorite was probably the the Shaquem Shaquem Griffin story. Uh, dude, getting drafted was. That was like heartwarming. It was awesome. Uh, so, and then, and then uh, I was watching NFL Network, and they had this bit with like a bunch of kids who had the same issue, and like I am, I am Shaquem Griffin, like, and they played it no shortage of nine times throughout the day. Too. It, was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was heartwarming for like the first three, and then I was like, okay, we're really getting the play out of this thing. Uh, okay, well, let's go ahead and uh, and uh, tell you guys about our listeners only 30% discount to Rotoviz NFL pass. That's through the NFL podcast homepage. Uh, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, as always, your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content. And it also helps support this pod. And you can contact us via email. That's rotovizradio at gmail.com and Twitter at rotovizradio. Uh, Rotoviz radio and its fantastic collection of podcasts are now available on both Blog Talk Radio, and iTunes. You can find us along with the rest of the Rotoviz shows under Rotoviz Radio, but we also have individual feeds, so you can just simply search for the Dynasty Tradecast, a Rotoviz fantasy football podcast uh, on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. Uh, click subscribe and leave us a rating and review. Um, okay, well, this show, we're going to do some uh, talking about some of the more notable things that happened in this draft, not just our favorite things. 
Um, but also then we're going to play a fun game of Dynasty Shark Tank um, and bring Malone to the den of the sharks. Okay. I'm well, excited. I'm excited. Let's go. <laughs> let's do it, buddy. Uh, okay. Well, Nathan, um, let's go ahead and, and I'll, I'll throw to you for our first topic. And that's Geis. Uh, Darius Geis falls to 59 overall. And, and the slip was pretty um, – it was pretty big Twitter fodder uh, for a while. So um, there's a lot of discussion about how that impacts the 102 since he was kind of the lock for the 102 before he started falling. So um, in one quarterback leagues, what is your plan? Um, is is this changing any of your impressions of guys? Yeah, I think that it definitely changes my perception of guys. I had him pretty much locked in that 102. And I remember Dan talking about a month ago, like, yeah, not so fast. Things could happen where guys doesn't end up being the 102. And for me personally, he's no longer the 102. I would rather have Penny and Chubb. But just in regards to the strategy involved in the 102, it has certainly lost value um, in regards to where it was a week ago because people, you know, were so excited about that locked in 102 with guys. So, I mean, just to speak from personal experience uh, with the guy, our our guest for this week, um, I traded the 102 for the 106, a 19 second, a 19 third, and some spare change. So, I mean, last week I would have expected a lot more for it, but because – I don't ha- I don't have guys for my as my 102, and I just want to trade down a couple spots and pick up a similar uh, rank prospect. Um, that was a move I made. Um, Brian, what were your thoughts on, on making that move, and just your thoughts on the 102 right now in general? Yeah, so guys is still going to be my 102, but I'm I'm much less willing to pay for it and much more willing to trade out of it than I was, you know, a week ago. I feel like, you know, he's he's still in a pretty good spot. I think he's not going to get the pass-catching work, but that's kind of what we expected. Um, had he gone to Washington at 13 overall, we'd have been very excited about it. And, you know, he, he wouldn't have, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe 102 plus 103 would have finally gotten 101, but instead you have to add, like, another first on top of that. You have to dump the entire first round worth of X to get the 101 <laughs> is what I think it is now. Uh, if you if you if you ask around, uh, yeah, I mean this is the the one hundred two is a pretty icky spot to be for sure. Um, I'm doing my first draft right now, and everybody like people are trying to trade out of the one hundred two, then trying to trade out of the one hundred three, then trying to trade out of the one hundred four, and continually. Um, so the one hundred one seems like the the way to go, and then there's a giant teardrop. And I think I think guys is now kind of in the middle of that tier where, uh, and and I'm, I guess you said Penny and you said Penny and Chubb or Michelle. Uh, I, I prefer Penny and Chubb, but as far as like ADP or whatnot, it, it's still guys that want to. No, I understand. I mean, I guess what's your logic there for taking taking one of those guys? Who's your 102 or are you still kind of on the fence? I, it's, it's Chubb um, okay. because, because I, I think he lands in a great situation. I'm not scared off by Carlos Hyde. And that's going to be a young and explosive offense, and I think he's the best running back in that offense. So it might be a little bit of a, you know, uh, muddy, muddy waters in year one with Duke Johnson still there. Sure. But I, I think that he could have a workhorse role for a good amount of time for a running back. And then Penny, he's you know, the second running back off the board, so it's pretty easy to put him in that RB3 slot. Uh, and I think he goes to a very good situation where, yes, the uh, the offensive line is bad in Seattle, but you know you always want a running back connected to a, a quarterback that runs because it seems like they, they you know have more of a running offense that impacts the running back as well. So. So, and you kind of mentioned it, Nathan, just trading down a couple spots. Um, you're, I mean, what is the amount? Because usually you, you have to give a decent bit to move up, even two spots from the 104 to 102. I mean, is the is a future second enough for you to move down? 
It has to be. I mean, basically, it's a future second and a sweetener or like an early second this year because the early second round is looking like a nice place to be because there are yeah. so many options there. So um, basically an early second or a future second and something on top. All right. Um, well, and, and sidebar question. How many drafts have you two done thus far? Nathan said he's done several. I, I've done three so far. That's but, I mean, by, by the way, by the time this podcast comes out, I'll be at like five or six. So. <laughs> Yeah, I've got. I think I have three that start tomorrow. I haven't actually kicked off any yet. All right, I'm beating Malone at least. I have one that's going right now. Uh, yeah, that's nuts. Nathan said that. I thought I was like par for the course with one thus far, but uh, no dice. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and pivot into our next topic on the draft, and that is just the sheer volume of quarterbacks that went. Um, four quarterbacks being picked in the top ten, five in the first round. Um, where? And and I think in a one QB league, this doesn't really change much. Um, maybe makes the end of the first round a discussion point for grabbing a quarterback or two, uh, but probably not still. Uh, in a super flex league, though, I think this gets very interesting. What is what is your guys' strategy in a super flex, flex league, given how many quarterbacks are, are going in, and where do you rank them? Well, they, they span from – so those five guys, I think you can make an argument for Mayfield at 102. And, you know, Allen, I'm probably still not touching until the end of the first round, maybe the early second round. But you're adding a lot of value into those into that range. So, you know, you just said in in one QB leagues, that early second round is kind of a sweet spot. So in Superflex, you're pushing that all the way to 206, 207, maybe. There's still some pretty good value left on the board. Yeah, I think that the big thing that. Pre-draft, I said that there was a, you know, there's Barkley, and then there was a tier of three in that second tier. And I think it stays the same, except for I would put Mayfield now in that tier. I think it was Rosen and Darnold before the draft. And it was Rosen, Darnold, Geis, and now it's Rosen, Darnold, Mayfield in some order, depending on your preference. I think Mayfield is the 102 right now in Superflex. So I think Geis kind of gets pushed out of that tier. I think that the all three of the quarterbacks that went early, other than Allen, of course, uh, should be taken ahead of uh, Geis, who was taken at the end of the second round. So we're talking guys in a super flex draft going to the 105 in your eyes. Yes. Interesting. I mean, that's, that is the, that is what super flex leagues will do for you is, and, and both of you kind of mentioned it is, is just pushing valuable assets further and further in. So it makes those later picks a bit more valuable. Um, so, um, okay, let's pivot unless you guys have anything else there. Well, I mean, I guess I'll just ask uh, Brian this. Brian, where would you – so I, I actually I'll change this a little bit. Um, some people talked about how Lamar Jackson and his rushing ability is so good for fantasy. Maybe that puts him in the discussion of the Darnold Rosen Mayfield or maybe puts him above that. Do you buy into that of just the rushing ability, you know, boosts him up so much more? Or are you just more about, okay, give me the more talented passer, the guy that went higher in the NFL draft? No, I think is I'm going to count that rushing ability extra uh, for fantasy. So I'm moving him. I I I don't have much difference between him and Darnold, for example. So I'm going to wait. I'll, I'll probably you know I'm still trying to trade out of two, three, and four, even in superflex. Try to get maybe down to 107, 108 if I need a QB and take Lamar Jackson. But it's not worth the risk of missing out on that tier of QBs if I'm looking for somebody this season. Um, you know, whereas with the running backs, I don't really care between, you know, the top few guys. If I if I miss out on guys, that's fine. Um, but at the quarterbacks, if I end up stuck with Josh Allen as my only rookie, I'm going to be pretty pissed. Yeah, and I guess we'll wrap up with this one. Uh, Eric, any shot Lamar starts at this point, uh, at this season for the Ravens, or is Flacco have that on lock? 
I, I don't. I mean, anytime you add a first round rookie quarterback to a mediocre quarterback team, you start rumbles from the fans. And I mean, it would not shock me that if the Ravens get off to a bad start or Flacco just has like a five pick game, that suddenly the chants are going to start. Um, and and they're going to start strong. So I think I think that's pretty consistent uh, anytime this comes up. So um, I, I'd say there's a chance, but I don't think it's particularly high. I think it's probably I don't know. Let's call it if we're if we're removing injury from the equation, which obviously would start him. Let's just say there's probably a twenty five percent chance is where I'll stick it that Lamar just comes out swinging and Flacco chokes away his job. Yeah, I definitely think that's pretty fair. When you're drafting Lamar, you shouldn't be saying, okay, this is going to be my win-now quarterback uh, right. this year. That I, is I your tank-now quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it, not even necessarily that, but yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one, and it's going to be Hayden Hurst. He is a guy who age Twitter gets all up in arms about. I'm part of age Twitter, for those that don't know. Uh, Hayden Hurst will be 25 years old when his rookie year starts. Um, you know, that people talk about how a tight end development takes fear. So that there's some concerns there. There's the concerns of, Oh, he was dominating much younger competition. And then there's the added concern of, they also drafted Mark Andrews in the third or fourth round. Uh, so it's kind of the, the battle of how much do you trust the first round draft capital versus all those other concerns I mentioned. Uh, Brian, where do you stand on Hurst? Yeah. So for tight ends in general, I think first round draft capital or, you know, first or early second round draft capital is necessary for me to care about them, but not enough. And from what I gather, Hurst, you know, they're bringing him in to be uh, a blocking tight end and receiving tight end. So he, I'm not going to be too excited about him for fantasy. He's not going to be, a you know, a Jordan Reed type that can really make a difference in your fantasy season. You know, he's a tight end six upside eventually. And by then he's going to be 30. So who cares? <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not going after him in in rookie drafts. He was going in, in like the fourth or late third round of rookie drafts before the NFL draft, which I thought was crazy. So I was picking him up here and there in mocks. But now if he's going to go in the second round, even I'm really just not that interested. Yeah, and I think one thing that just talking about just the actual Ravens is when was the last time they actually pulled off a tight end pick here? And they've been trying for years. Uh, so, I mean, Max Williams didn't happen. Uh, what uh, Crockett, the rocket didn't happen. Uh, trying to think of other ones here. Um, but I don't know. It, it concerns me. Uh, and, it, and not to mention, it just seems like a pretty big reach. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those rare scenarios that I, I think that the two guys that went after him and Gusecki and Goddard, I think that, Pretty much universally, uh, Dynasty Twitter is going to be taking those two ahead of Hurst, despite the draft capital. Yeah, I think that that's, and I think that's already playing out. Yep. All right, let's move on to a next one, and these are two of Twitter's favorite uh, Dynasty wide receivers from this draft class: Cortland Sutton heading to the Denver Broncos, and James Washington heading to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So these are two guys that most people see as highly talented wide receivers. Sutton went in the second round, Washington went in the third. Uh, what are the early expectations, Brian, of these guys? Do you see any sort of fantasy hope, or is it going to take an injury for something to happen early on? Yeah, I think for 2018, you're looking at an injury. Unless, you know, Sutton, for example, is just really, really good and better yeah. than even his biggest supporters expect. But that's fine. You know, getting him in the late first round, 
knowing that everyone expects his time to come in 2019 means he's a pretty safe investment. Unless he completely treadwells, um, he's going to be fine. Well, treadwell is a verb. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, if, so if he, if he does what everyone expects him to do, which is get 50 targets and do something with them. And then next off season, you can look to move him either before or after Demarius or Sanders moves on then you're doing okay. And plus you get a 10% chance or whatever of injury happening or him being really, really good, in which case you just hit the lottery. Yeah, I mean, you're you're exactly right. I think if he does break out, I mean, there's there's not really buzz and being in Denver, there's there wasn't that much excitement for the Sutton pick at the same bar that clapped for Baker Mayfield. Um, everybody kind of was like, oh, okay. Um, but he's... Um, he he is a he's got a lot of upside, and that's a team that both of their wide receiver playmakers are both kind of gonna. Be, they're both contracts are coming up here in what 2019 for Sanders, and I think 2000 uh, shooting from the hip on. They're 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 both cuttable by next year. So okay, um, so they're both cuttable by next year. So if Sutton does break out, or at least they will have options, and I think that's kind of what they're playing for here, and then they'll play to get a quarterback that isn't Case Keenum at some point in the near future as well. Um, I did see a funny blurb, though, that they weren't giving up on Paxton Lynch, which made me roll my eyes the hardest, just the hardest. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think I don't think the Sutton spot's that bad of a landing spot. Um, and then if we're pivoting to the Steelers, I kind of like Washington as, like, a third guy or a, two, a 2B to, to Juju. Um, I, don't, I don't know that I necessarily really have an issue, and I, I don't think that we – He's a ball hawk, but at the same time, I'm not sure that he was ever necessarily going to be the wide receiver one on an NFL team. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. I think that the people that are poo-pooing the Washington spot are saying, oh, Brown is you know still relatively not young. He, he's going to be playing for plenty more years because he's one of the best right. wide receivers to ever live. He's playing and, for more and, years, exactly. Yeah, and, and Juju is you know only his second year in the league, plenty of years on the contract. Uh I think that Washington, his his role to you know have fantasy value is not through Brown or Smith-Schuster moving on. It's more just okay. The Steelers' offense is going to be that good that yes. you know they can support three wide receivers. Yeah, that seems like a tough bet for me, especially. So I think you know Brown, whatever we want to say his age is, I think there's a pretty good chance he outlasts Roethlisberger. In which case, oh for sure, yeah. You know that's tough. So you're 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 no longer going into that same Steelers offense once you get rid of him at QB, and and there's a big question mark behind him. And I guess that's a well, Mason Rudolph, bro. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> they, they, they drafted him. They they drafted Mason Rudolph, right? Yep. So the college pairing right there, right there. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> one that that. That was like Nathan, as you always say, the one time uh, NFL teams tell us the truth. That might be them telling us the truth about their fear of Roethlisberger hanging them up. All righty, let's move on to our next one. And it's going to be uh, Dante Pettis. There are two ways people can get a huge boost in dynasty value in during draft weekend. And there's A, going higher than Twitter expects you to go in the NFL draft. And there's B, going to a, a very attractive landing spot. Both of those things happened for Dante Pettis as he went the second round of the NFL draft. So he's a guy that I think many people were projecting as like a early third, maybe late second at the best case scenario. But, you know, with, with the high draft capital and the landing spot, he's going in that early second now. So, uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on Pettis? Do you think he kind of has a shot to emerge as a wide receiver one in that 
San Francisco offense, or is he more of just, okay, uh, he's the, the best young guy there with Garcon and then Goodwin as well? Yeah, it's tough because I, I like Garcon. I like Goodwin. So I'm not I'm not super excited about him, but that seems like a wide-open situation. So I'm happy to take a couple chances on him. I'm not going to go out of my way to get him. Um, but yeah, him Are going, you going to get him at the, in, at the beginning of the second round? Yeah, well, that's the thing. So if he had been drafted later, I wouldn't care. Um, but the fact that they went a little bit earlier on him makes me think, okay, if the team likes him that much, then, you know, I'm into it. But I'm not taking him I'm not taking him before, you know, 202 or anywhere in that range. I think there's like a tier of 14 or 15 guys anywhere after that. I'm okay with Pettis. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm on board there too. Pettis is a guy who wasn't really on my radar up until he he was taken so early, and obviously the Jimmy G sex appeal on Twitter just uh, shines up anybody. So I actually didn't realize that Pettis was going at the beginning of the second round, but I'm assuming you've seen that in a couple different drafts, Nathan. Yeah, I think his ADP is like two or four or two or five right now. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess I guess it's tough to argue with. Is is as Brian said, it is a wide open spot for him, and if they like him, then. That's a spot to thrive. All right, let's move on to our final rookie topic of, or at least our final uh, specific rookie player topic of the night. And that is going to be Michael Gallup. Um, this is going to be a guy that I think that I'm disagreeing with the the overall perspective. People see him as a guy that should go in the late first, early second of rookie drafts. He went in the third round of the NFL draft, and there's not much in the Dallas wide receiver core. But I think this might be a scenario where there's just not going to be much fantasy relevance at the wide receiver position, uh, even with Jason Witten retiring. So basically, the Dak Prescott's in trouble because yeah. when your wide when your wide receivers when, when your wide receivers are Michael Gallup and Alan Hearns, um, I'm not that confident that you can have a, a good uh, passing game going. So Maybe much Gallup has, on Ryan Tw- Ryan Switzer, man, you're slighting him. Didn't he get traded? Did yeah, Switzer get traded? He got he went traded to Oakland. No. Yeah. All right, never mind. I give up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, Gallup, uh, I, I think he's a bit overrated at, at his price. Uh, I, he's going before. He's going earlier in rookie drafts than guys that went earlier than him in the NFL draft, which typically my MO is I'm taking the guys that are going earlier, even if the, the landing spot is as shiny as a, possibly a Dallas wide receiver one. What are your, what are your thoughts on Gallup, Brian? Yeah, I've from where I've seen him go in the late first, I'm completely out. I've seen him go ahead of like Calvin Ridley, which he it's not oh, like he handed it. Yeah. yeah that's um, insane. So I mean I get taking ahead of James Washington just because that opportunity, you know, it does matter. But, you know, give me give me Ridley over him for sure. And if I'm stuck in the you know, he's probably the last of that thirteen or fourteen man tier we talked about. Um, if I'm stuck there, I'm probably looking to move out. Yipes! At the that's that's absolutely insane. Ahead of Calvin Ridley, that's ridiculous. I mean, I think that's the that's abnormal. That's not going to happen. Okay, I was like, good god. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I think you guys have said it exactly right. I that's that's too rich for my blood. I think that's that situation is going to stink, and not to mention that they that's that situation. They're just going to probably throw a couple more darts at the board next next draft to try to fill in those spots. Yeah, how about um, Dak Prescott being a complete disaster for fantasy this year? Does anybody else foresee that? I mean, is he a, yeah. a mid QB two or what? Yeah, I mean, I think so, and that's that's nuts for the guy who was people were arguing for the QB one overall at the beginning of last year, right? Um, that 
or somewhere close to that. But yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I don't, I don't see his outlook this upcoming year to be good at all. I think they're just going to try to pound the ball as much as possible. Well, yeah, but I mean, this is where I come in from a nice perspective. If everyone is out on press, yes. I'll, I'll gladly send, you know, a late second, early third for him right now, just to stash him. Even if I never start him this year, I, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's just in a bad situation right now. Would no, and I, that's totally over any of the rookies. Any ever all of the rookie QBs? You take him over all the rookies, you said. Yes, I'm asking you. Oh, uh, I, I think it's a conversation with the first three: uh, Mayfield, Rosen, and Darnold. But I, I'd easily give Lamar or or Allen. All right. Well, that was maybe the quickest segment, and that's as crazy as it comes. That was maybe the quickest segment we've done um, on the front end of the dynasty. It's trade finally cast. happened, Eric. It's <laughs> finally happened. Time. I wanted this. Sh- I wanted the show to get shorter, and we're finally getting shorter. And now we're having an eight-hour edition of Dynasty Shark Tank. Okay, let's have an eight-hour edition <clears throat> of Dynasty Shark Tank. Um, but before we get into Dynasty Shark Tank. Um, I do want to tell you guys about our sponsor who continue to sponsor this show, and that's the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. For most people, it's the offseason, but not for the FFPC. Uh, if you're ready to draft now, the FFPC Best Ball Leagues are drafting daily with entry fees starting at just $35. Uh, they have slow and live drafts for that. Um, and if you like Dynasty, and I say every week, you definitely do if you made it halfway through this show, uh, the FFPC has... Uh, almost 200 active dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going all the way up to $2,500. And here's something incredible. Not a single dynasty league is folded in eight years. New dynasty leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching right after the NFL draft. Um, so don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Um, Hey, Nathan, while we're, while we're speaking about the sponsor, um, I think we should go to Vegas as a trade cast and do their, uh, their main event live drafting. What do you think? I mean, as long as Rotoviz is paying for it or FFPC is paying for it, then I'm down. <laughs> what, if I, what if I pay you to be my draft day consultant? What do you think? Oh, done. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, so, can I be, can I be a intoxicate, an, an intoxicated consultant too? Oh yeah, no. If you're sober, I don't trust you. If, if, if. <laughs> there we go. Let's do it. All right, all right. I, I foresee a, a trade cast bit coming in the future where we're at that event. All right. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and open the the big swinging doors to the Dynasty Shark Tank. Now entering the tank, Eric Burtzlaff, who is presenting a company that has been touted all offseason as the greatest thing since sliced bread. Hello, Sharks. I'm here, I'm a humble man with a very valuable company. Um, and I'm here to try to get um, the entire world and your firstborn child for my asset, the 101. Uh, and I'll give you I'll give you real valuations of things I want, but I just want to throw it out there so that we start high and move low. Uh, the 101, you know, I, I used to think it was expensive. I did. And then an NFL team drafted Saquon Barkley at the 102. 
and that's that's a rookie draft too. But uh, but but quarterbacks are more important in that league. Um, and so the valuation between the one hundred and one and now with guys falling uh, to right around the 103 in valuation that the 101 really is just far and away the most valuable piece. Um, I think back to, you know, an even more extreme example of, um, of a Z of, of the Zeke year where he went 101. Uh, so for me, I would, I would really like to have, and I think it's totally fair in asking is the 102 through 112 for the 101. <laughs> Well, well, Eric, I'm not sure I have that on my on my repertoire to, to deal you. Um, oh, Nathan, if but, anybody has that many first round picks, <laughs> <laughs> that's it's a good point. That's a good point, sir. Uh, but I don't have that to deal you today. Um, I, I'm not sure I'm really interested in trading picks because I feel like it's going to end up being more than I'm willing to pay. So I'll get a little bit more creative with it. I am going to offer you. Amari Cooper, who is coming off a down year, but I feel like he's he's going to have a, a re-breakout in his third season in the NFL. Re-breakout? Re-break. He broke out the first time, and then he stunk, <laughs> and he's going to re-break out. So I'm going to offer you, my, my, my good friend, Amari Cooper, and I'm assuming this is a uh, one-quarterback league, and I'm going to say Amari Cooper and Carson Wentz. You know, that's not enough to get the deal done for me, Nathan. Um, I think that I think that Barkley is worth alone more than Amari Cooper um, right now, and I'll pass. I think we're going to see Barkley starting to creep into the middle of the first round of startups uh, to the 108 of startups, um, and I, I think I'm just going to hold on to him if that's the only uh, the only deal you have for me today. All right. Well, I think I can beat Nathan's offer, so I'm going to offer you a running back with almost as much upside as Saquon Barkley, and that's Joe Mixon plus some virtually guaranteed production at the wide receiver position with AJ green. Ooh. Okay. So you're playing in, do you, you must know that I'm a Bengals fan here and you're targeting, <laughs> targeting that love. Um, but your love has backfired because I hate the Joe Mixon pick. Uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not really seeing that as a good move for Barkley. Um, but I think the valuations there, I think you're looking, well, maybe even not though, because where you have AJ going at the end of the first round, uh, you have Mixon going probably in the middle of the second round of a startup. And that, that just doesn't equal the one Oh eight to me, um, or even potentially higher if Barkley goes higher. So I think I need more, especially to get older in that position. Uh, I don't see Barkley being the asset that, that kind of fizzles out from a valuation standpoint. I think Dynasty Twitter is so in love with them that they're going to stay in love with them for some time. So I think that valuation is only going to grow. So I think I'm going to have to pass on that deal as well. All right. Well, then go take your ball and go home. All right. I'm going to take my 101 and I'm going to draft Saquon Barkley. All right. Now entering the Shark Tank with an asset he thinks is just as valuable as the rookie 102, it's Nathan Powell. Hello, hello, Sharks. I'm very excited to pitch a very exciting asset to you today. Uh, today I'm looking to sell the 106, um, which I believe is should be considered the end of the second tier of Geis, Michelle, Chubb, and DJ Moore. So I think it's a nice little end to that tier. And in return for that, I'm going to be looking for a pick in the 108 to 110 range. 
and a second round pick either this year or next. Let me hear your thoughts. Yeah, I I like what you're doing here, Nathan. And I like it so much that I can't get on your side of the fence because I'm already over there, man. I'm not going to go. I'm sorry. I can't go on the other side of the fence because I'm already on your side. Um, you know, I think I think what you're asking is a bit rich. I would be willing to give you, in exchange for the 106, I would be willing to give you the 112, the 201, and the 202. I, I think that's an interesting offer for sure. I think that does make it a little harder to acquire maybe a James Washington or a Cortland Sutton, which we talked about earlier. But um, I'll, I'll ponder, uh, you know, Christian Ponder. He once played quarterback in the NFL. Yes, Christian uh, Ponder is a person. A great wife. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Brian, um, do, can you beat Mr. Birdsaw? Uh No, I think I can meet your initial request, but I don't know if I can beat Eric's offer. So I'm going to offer the uh, the one pin <laughs> and a, a future second. Now, we'll say project mid uh, to satisfy your request, but I think I'd take Eric's offer. Yeah, uh, Eric, he he did a thing where he thought he, like, wasn't giving me what I wanted, but he gave me something better. So uh, <laughs> um, I, I was trying to play it out for the audience, but yeah, I would well, easily take those three picks in exchange for the 106. I think I, but I think I helped make your point, which is if you're in that middle of the first, go get a bunch of early second round picks for it. Yeah, sure. Now entering the tank, Brian Malone, who has a company that is a bit unknown, but is often wanting to be acquired. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I am here with the best scratch-off lottery ticket you've ever seen because the, the top prize is $100, and the worst thing that could happen is you get the exact same lottery ticket again next year. So this is a random future first. And I say that because, you know, it's going to end up somewhere between 101 and 112. If it's 101 or 103, you just hit the jackpot. And if it's 112 next year, no problem. You can just trade it away for another lottery ticket next draft season. So I'm looking for, I, you know, I'm done with rookie picks, though. I'm looking for some production for 2018. So that's what I'd like to get in exchange for this magical lottery ticket. Oof, that's tough. I, I, was, I was getting ready to offer you the 201, but you, you say you want actual production. I'm not, you know, I, I usually don't have many players that are productive on my fantasy team. So that is true. That's um, Nathan Powell, that spoken, speaking truths for once. Yeah. So um, I'm going to look at, at what, what you want here. And uh, you want some win now production. I think I have some. I'm going to offer you my, my good friend, uh, Greg Olson. And I am going to offer you. Let's say I can't think of a player that's like decently good. Um, I mean, let's just say it. I'm going to offer you the, the 203 in Greg Olson. All right, all right. Before you make any decisions, I'm starting to think, starting to see the writing on the wall here. Maybe you want something nice for your future first pick. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll nibble, I'll nibble, and I'll I'll throw um, I'll throw Michael Crabtree out there. 
for your future first. And I'll even throw in Larry Fitzgerald as a production piece for you uh, for your future first. But I would like to stop before you accept that offer because it's sweet. Um, <laughs> before you do that, I would like to point out that I don't agree with what you said, where if it's the 112, you're trading it for another future first. That That's not how this works. That's uh, that's never going to happen that the 112 gets traded for that. You're gonna Unless the guy's just super bad, uh, you're going to need... I mean, like, I, I, tra- I traded the 201 carry-on Johnson for a future first yesterday, so... <laughs> Come on. Okay, well, then never mind. All right, maybe you can, but I would think like the 108 or uh, or better would be necessary to start picking up the, the future first. But go ahead, accept the deal, Brian. Yeah, you, people usually get pretty excited. Well, I guess I painted myself into a corner by asking for future or for present production, which is something I never do with a future first. But I, I think the the Crabtree Fitzgerald offer is tempting. Can you give me any kind of rookie pick sweetener on top of that? Sure, I'll give you the four ten. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you're you're a pro. You're an analytics guy, Brian. You can find the diamond in the rough at four ten. I believe in. <laughs> <laughs> I could not name anyone going at four ten right now. <laughs> you, you could you could say a name, key and piece, teal style, and I would. <laughs> yeah. So, so are, are you going to take either offer, or are you walking? <laughs> I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk. I'm going to pull an Eric. I'm going to walk. All right, he's out the door, and that is an efficient episode of the dynasty trade cast boys. I mean, Eric, that was still like 45 minutes. I know, but it was efficient. It was very, very efficient. (laughs) Uh, I'm impressed with you guys. We need to have Malone on more often. He keeps the show on script when we're going, he keeps the show on script. Um, you know what? Well, maybe, know. maybe maybe just replace Dan. Maybe. Much, <laughs> yeah, maybe, I, you know I don't know that we need Dan back. Now that I now that you mentioned it, Malone filled a nice gap there. Filled a nice Vegas gap. Trip and I'm sold. Vegas trip. Yeah. If I'm, do I have to pay for you too, Malone? Or are you going to pay at least your way through that? Eh? All right. He's not answering. That means I'm carrying his weight. Yeah, Damn. yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, on that note, let's keep the efficiency going. Let's wrap the show. Thank you, Brian Malone, for coming on the show. Um, listeners, make sure you guys go follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Malone FF. Make sure you check out his content on Dynasty League Football and the Dynasty Command Center. Uh, anything else you wanted to say on the way out here, Brian? Uh, yeah, draft rookies and then turn around and trade them again next year. All right. It's like the, yeah, but don't, uh, you know, a once wise man said on this show, don't trade for future first round picks because life's too short. You could die. Oh my God. That was a great episode. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, so still one of my literal favorite quotes from this, from this show actually might just be my favorite quote from this show. So uh, make sure you guys go rate and review this podcast. Five star ratings, reviews, help listeners find us. We really appreciate it too. So always enjoy reading those. And I do, I, I take time and read those and cherish them and pet them. Um, so uh, for Nathan, Dan, who hopefully is back next week, and myself. We'll catch up with you guys next week. Yay. All right, thanks.